everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, Robbie. Robbie has requested that we not sing this episode, uh, so sorry everyone who wanted to hear that, but Robbie has nixed the idea. We'll be playing songs. It's fine. You don't want to hear me sing That's anyway. That's after every song in my act. <laughs> I'm a solid 6 out of 10 on my singing. It's not, I'm nothing special. Hey, I'm, I'm a solid 2 out of 10, so, you know, I, I, can, I just wanted to torture everyone. I can care. I was going to say I can carry it too, and that's about it. Um, hi, guys. We are brought to you by Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you can gain access to all of our bonus content, which includes reviews of new episodes, including this week's uh, dog episode that we, Matt and I, really, really... We really enjoyed it, guys. It's, no, we it's, did not. You, sh- you should read our. You should go listen to our review before you watch yeah, the episode. Nah, That's how good nah, our review is. I, we didn't like it. Uh, we are told terrible, cold monsters. Uh, the dog episode did not warm our hearts. Uh, we thank everyone who supports us. This week's episode is the President War Pearls episode EABF twenty, originally aired November sixteenth, two thousand and three. Written by Dana Gould, directed by Mike B. Anderson, received a seven point three rating with twelve point seven million viewers. The couch gag, the shutter click of a camera, can be heard as an undeveloped Polaroid photo floats to the couch and develops into the Simpsons family. It's fine. It's all right. Uh, episode guest stars Michael Moore as himself in a very very tiny part yeah he, goodness. I mean that's fine I think that's the thing like he pops in to just give some flavor to the show and that's it like he he loved Michael Moore literally like says he watched the show since the Tracy Ullman days he actually was an editor for a newspaper that in- included life is hell life life is hell life in hell life in hell as their uh, in their comics section so he is a matt graining fan a simpsons fan from way back and i think he just wanted to be included in an episode so sure i don't when it's a sentence and it makes sense i'm not gonna argue about it um quick question matt before we even get into the plot of this episode i think it's good to es- it's good to establish this have you i have seen- not seen evita okay i was gonna ask have you seen evita i have also not seen evita i am familiar with don't cry for me argentina like everyone yep same here. yeah that's what i remember from the when the show when that movie came out about the musical i just remembered madonna singing don't cry for me argentina i i looked up the actual story of eva perone like the history of her because i was curious um so i know that now i'm still probably not gonna we might do a vita for like a simpsons cinema for the patreon but uh neither of us have seen Evita, so that will tell you like our th- our opinion on this episode has nothing to do with how much or much we like or dislike Evita. It's going to be on the strength of the episode by itself. Um, we begin. Which, hey guys, this is an Evita episode. This is a, this whole thing is a parody of Evita. Just to make that clear. Like I don't. I think yeah. If you, I guess you guys weren't weren't aware of that it it definitely is and. It, uh, I don't know much about Evita or Ava Perone in general, but uh, what I do know, this episode follows it pretty close. Yeah, that's the. Th- I think for better and for worse, this thing is a pretty tight, pretty close parody to Evita. Uh, so we start out with the episode begins. I should do that the right way, Matt, because that's how I always start things. Episode begins oh. with casino night at the school. Uh, they are doing a charity casino night, and all the parents are coming to play games, and all the kids are running all the games. 
Um, they we get a quick reminder that Marge has a terrible gambling problem. And uh, uh, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering how often they forget about him, Matt, I can deal with it. Bring him up once in a while. Fair enough. Um, if it was like a running theme, I would get very tired of it. But once a season, I can deal with it. I guess. Director Tatum is here. He's the bouncer, I believe. Um, he kind of disappears though. <laughs> He really does. Uh, I, that is his only point in this episode. I, Especially when things start to get rough, he doesn't do much bouncing. He doesn't do any bouncing, which I, okay. I just would like a little bit of him, like, punching Kirk Van Houten in the face or something. I that think. would be nice. That'd be funny. There's a lot of Milhouse hate in this episode, so some, some Kirk, you know, punishment would also be good. But Martin is presented as the person, Martin Prince is the, the we, we find out, one, he's the school president, school student council president. And this was his idea, because we hear him talking to Skinner about it, and he got the idea from Saved by the Bell. Uh, Homer plays roulette. Lisa is the roulette. You don't call him a dealer. What do you call a roulette person who, who runs the roulette table? That's a good question. Is that a, there's probably a right term for it, but Lisa is running the table at roulette. Homer wins. He he, he wins like $200,000 with... Somehow. Well, I mean, it's it the if you if you actually do land on the specific number in roulette, the, it pays out a lot. So, really interesting. I mean, the, what are the odds? If the the numbers go up to you know, I don't, I don't I don't know. I mean, that wasn't a roulette wheel though, was it? That was a just a spin wheel. I mean, it's a roulette wheel, sort of. It's not. It's not. It's but it's not like a. He's not playing roulette, but it's kind of a roulette type thing, I guess. I'm gonna call it roulette, man. Okay, and I'm not gonna whatever. Okay. Who cares? Um, but Homer wins. But then he goes to cash out his chips. He's like, "Well, I want two hundred grand. I want my money." Unfortunately, he and everyone else there has did not get the message that this was for charity. I'd like to cash in these chips. Give me most of it in cash and the rest in suitcases to carry the cash. Sir, this casino is for charity. These chips are only redeemable in cafeteria script or a day at the ballpark with groundskeeper Willie. I'll be bringing spark plugs to chuck at people I don't like, like you. But I'm up $200,000. Give me my money. Think I want manhandle a little boy? You don't understand. It's not real money. None of these people have won any money. No one ever reads anything that gets sent home with their kids. Uh, sorry, Martin. That's just the way it works. Yeah, Martin is. A, he was very optimistic about <laughs> about what people put it. what people would listen to and, and pay attention to. Um, a riot breaks out, Matt. Chaos at what? the shocking at the school casino. Um, everyone is all the machines and all the stuff is destroyed. Um, Martin is forced to resign as president. We get a Nixon reference here. As he is pulled away in a red uh, wagon with his hands up and victory victory signs, just like mm -hmm. Nixon was, except, you know, didn't have – Martin doesn't have a helicopter, but that's fine. However, Matt, you know what this does? Uh, it triggers a special election. <laughs> I guess. That's, I guess that's what it is. So we <laughs> we have a – we need a new president of the student uh, student council. So we have people signing up and – it turns out Lisa, well, Lisa's like, oh, well, I should be student body president. It sounds like a great idea. Unfortunately, she finds some competition, and that is Nelson. Nelson, you're running for president? 
I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I do have all the answer keys to every test. Fractions, dinosaurs, foreign money, the first Thanksgiving. Nelson, what are you doing? Real estate license exam. My ticket to freedom. Nelson! Nelson! I'm doomed. I can't beat Nelson. Why don't you start a rumor that he's ding-a-ling-a-ling? Hello! Oh, what a delicious quiche! I drive a pink Miata! I can't believe Nelson is more popular than me. Honey, you can be popular. You've just got to be yourself in a whole new way. No, I'm going to stick to my platform of incremental policy amelioration. Fluoridated water fountains, vegan lunch options. My name is Nelson. I use a salad fork. La-dee-da. I wash my face. Where did you get that tutu? Clothesline. Uh-huh. So, do we know why Homer is so weird? <laughs> like, why is he so obsessed with this particular thing? Uh, no, I, like, it's just a long joke about Homer doing really exaggerated gay stereotypes. Like, that's the joke for a minute, or not a minute, 30 seconds. And I think I'm okay with it because Homer is obviously played as a weirdo for this, while Lisa and Marge are behaving like adults, and they're just ignoring him, as you should. So it's fine. I don't find it offensive or anything, but it's also not funny until they, I think Marge asked, I I didn't mind Marge asking him, like, where do you get the tutu? Like, that's a funny, like, that's funny. That's true. Yeah. I like that. Uh, But it's, I I think Matt, there's like, and it, like, I feel like this is, there's like some lulls in here and I feel like a lot of it are moments where they are clearly trying to inject some humor into this episode because it is not a... You know, it's a least episode. It's a serious quote unquote episode, and it's also a parody of Evita. So there there's a lot of other things like constantly taking up time. There's the songs, and they clearly took a lot of time on writing these songs and making them work. Um and I feel I would say that about this episode. Like I watching this thing, it feels like this episode and last week's episode are from different television shows. It really does, because like this episode is it's best uh humor is from absurdist humor like, this is just so weird and out there that it's funny and last week's episode is just straight up bad let's, let's put it that way and it's trying to do humor in a completely different direction of just straight up wackiness and the weird thing is they're both trying to accomplish uh something meaningful and dramatic but they go about it in completely separate ways one kind of works one really doesn't and i just have to wonder are they the product of the same writing room like did they just have a, a really tough time making one script work and did better on the others i i can't tell to be honest i don't know and it, it it feels this is one this episode's very dense like despite like no all the jokes do not land i'll say that but there's a lot of them there's a lot of stuff happening there's constant character constant plot constant humor constant songs it's the simpsons this feels like the simpsons to me like i i don't know if it's it's not a great episode i don't know i would i would say it's a good episode though it keeps my attention it makes me laugh it and it it's it it the plot structure is tight and good until maybe the ending is a little eh. but the i mean i we'll talk about that when we get there but 
this feels like a Simpsons episode. What we watched last week felt like utter, empty, lazy garbage. This feels like, oh, this feels like someone took time with this. They 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 wrote and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote this thing to make it as good as they could. And that's like, yeah, there's these moments where like we can extend it Homer dancing and prancing, like like as a joke, we're gonna make Paint Nelson is gay. Okay, whatever. And there's other moments where it kind of like lolls and you're like, eh, that's whatever. But it keeps coming. There's more stuff. There's always more attempts at jokes, more subtle little tiny things constantly. It feels like a Simpsons episode. And I, it's like I could breathe again. It's like, oh, wow. Oxygen. It's so good. Air. I love it. Yeah, because it, it, it's well, it's the kind of. Uh, I don't know if you call it parody, uh, but I think parody applies here. It's a parody. Uh, more I think like it's satire. Or it's like a that. parody. Yeah. Uh, but it's the kind of thing the Simpsons does especially well. It reminds me very much of Cape Fear. It's like you take something and you basically make a Simpson version of it. And in, in doing that, not only do you give the characters some meat to chew on dramatically, but there's also some humor that comes out of that automatically and then you can still insert jokes that kind of like the whole beginning part with martin being nixon and oh that's whole milk look out i'm a private citizen now that that's a really good joke that works in context of the episode it's something we haven't seen in a while and good. yeah and frankly they and guess what Matt? no utter there's no like the first act there's there's an inciting incident and is this right? Because at the casino, and then the rest of the episode is just Lisa, her journey being stu- student council president, and all the t- and the trouble she faces, and the Evita parody. Like everything else is cogent. It makes sense, and it's not off topic, and it's not garbage. And people do things for reasons. We get to the debate between Lisa and Nelson. That's going to try and get have Lisa win over her the crowd. Because clearly Nelson is more popular and everyone likes him. And so Lisa's going to try and win him over with a song. And we deserve a French teacher who actually speaks French. Jacques Monsieur Kupferberg. What is she yakking about? I rest my case. <coughs> Nelson, rebuttal. Yo, everyone, it's me, Nelson. Yay! Nelson! Nelson! I'm not that cool, I don't wear jeans I've polished an apple or two But every grade that I grubbed, I grubbed it for you So call me bookworm But I'll never squirm when there's work to be done Yes, I'll take my lunch at my desk While you're all outside having fun Don't vote for me, kids of Springfield Unless you want an effective leader I'll talk to teachers, I'll handle Skinner I've got a song too. I am Iron Man. Do 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 do. Vote for me. Yeah, screw it. Ah, screw it, indeed. Good try, Nelson. Good try. I mean, it's not his thing, but you know that's just the way it works sometimes. I mean, you can do worse than Sabbath. 
you know you could if you're gonna Absolutely. pick you know something to randomly start singing um what do you think about the we this is the first of the songs we get it this, this, this is a full-on musical episode there's a lot of songs in it um some of they are all apparently they had to i don't know why they had to because theoretically it's fair use you're allowed to parody music but they had to change some of the songs because they were too close i guess to Evita. Really? i don't know why or maybe they're just afraid of litigation they didn't want to get sued by it you know studio or musical people whatever um but the songs are good i like them they they are they they are uh they harken back to you know the golden years as they say oh how dare you invoke that i know um we got a commercial six minutes and 42 seconds in and when we come back uh the school is going through the ballots uh skinner and krabappel and other enough uh chalmers are there and they're going through and it's very obvious that lisa has swept through she is the winner by a large margin she even beat perennial write-in candidate skinner sucks which again good joke that you can just pop in there it doesn't detract from anything works however uh when chalmers shows up he is worried because obviously lisa is so popular that he thinks that she may be able to actually affect some change as student body president, which is not what they want student body president to be. They want a student body, student body president to basically placate the masses, to be a figurehead kind of thing. Um, we also get the joke that Willie is an escaped mental patient, uh, which seems a little weird, but okay. I um, hate that. I don't know if we're supposed to take that seriously. I think that's just Chalmers conjecturing. I don't think that's actually true. Also possible. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was possible. It's just a weird thing to interject there. Uh, just Chalmers being a jerk for I mean, reason, which we, we've seen Chalmers do. Well, I mean, Chalmers is ostensibly the villain in this, uh, so they have to, you know, I think they're just establishing that. I'm fine with it. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Krabappel is there, uh, because I think at this point, she's dating Skinner still, right? Yes, they are still, okay. uh, they're they are still a couple. the long-standing couple of never getting, but never getting married, because of course not. Of course. Skinopel, or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they uh, I, she pipes I, Matt, in, so. Matt, I prefer Craner. Craner is good too that's true we'll go, we'll go with Craner from now on Craner uh, so she pop, uh, pipes in to say oh a woman's weakness is her vanity you have to uh, basically uh, distract Lisa with all of the things that she they, uh, she can do rather than what she wants to do so the next day uh, when Lisa comes in uh, she gets to go into the teacher's lounge where they make fun of students we get a uh, an actual kind of funny bit about um uh the, the millhouse and, and really making fun of him uh that millhouse is confiding in willie and willie is making fun of him to the other teachers because millhouse is obviously a dork and apparently tucks his shirt into his underwear for some reason matt weird joke but okay i, I mean i don't know why that's the thing that the fact they decided to use but I 100% believe Millhouse is the type of kid that would tuck his shirt into oh, his underwear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, here is where we get uh, our next song, uh, where Lisa is, is has come into the teacher's lounge to propose some of her uh, ideas to change the world or to change the, the school. Sorry, not the world. Uh, not yet. And uh, it's a good one. Not yet. Not yet. You wanted to see me? Actually, Lisa, I wanted you to see you. You're our president now, but you look like the first lady of God. What would you change? Eyes, pearls, smile, hair points, dress, voice, shoes, swatch, watch. I may be the new girl, but you can brainwash me. 
Just hush, hush, gush me, and then leave me be. To fight for kid power, I must be heard, not seen. I have to lead wisely, not just prepared to be. Disputing up suits me, there's beauty within me. So let's all sit twin me, give them someone to love. This grown-up makeover has made me a super twin. For they are my people, and I am their queen. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Lisa is attempting to hold on to her integrity. However, she is being swooned. Uh, by the establishment, as it were, who try and uh, so I'm trying to think of the word who take over her image uh, and say, oh no no, you're going to be this uh, people's person kind of thing. Uh, so we also get the the more Millhouse jokes, and we get the Lisa parading for the family in her new guise, and she is super happy about all this stuff. Uh, she's, she's really enjoying her new image and the fact that everyone loves her. Uh, she has some ideas to improve the school, uh, which came through there. Uh, she wants to get the uh, the the next day at school. She goes with the gypsies uh, who are apparently taking over the playground, uh, which is horrifically racist. But I don't know if we were quite there in 2000, so, was Matt, 2003, Matt, 2004. We're, we're now. not there yet now. All right. I don't know. Like there's not it's not okay. a. Yeah, in 2003, like, I, a phrase I routinely heard as a child was, as I, whenever I acted up from my parents, who are ostensibly not racists, uh, say, we'll sell you to the gypsies. We're going to sell you to the gypsies. Uh, I mean, like, it doesn't, like, because a lot of people don't recognize that as an ethnicity. They, it's just like a type of person. You know, I think that's a lot, yeah, of, a lot it's, of it's a culture to some people and not an actual ethnicity. So you can't be racist against a culture. Oh, wait. Yes, you can. Well, it's it, I mean, it's still in the year 2020. We are still not. There's still lots of people who don't um, recognize that that it is it can be offensive to. Right. So in 2003, yes, it, it, this is it's probably the weakest thing in this entire episode, honestly. That's true. But and, and, it's very, it. and it's momentary. I love the song. I do. I want to mention I love the I Am Their Queen song. It's probably my favorite song in this entire episode because it it oh, is absolutely it's it's very well written. It's it's beautifully sung by Yardley Smith. And yeah, she, uh, she can really sing. Holy cow. And it also does a really good job of, you know, what a best music, but the best musicals do is is, you know, using their music to communicate character change and that is it is effectively dis displaying showing us lisa getting kind of seduced by this the, the, this new image that they've crafted for her and being you know she is not above and i think that's another thing this is not uh artificially adult lisa this is lisa being like vulnerable having flaws and i like i think that's really good i think that's i we i we, yeah because this is a, a thing that could happen to anyone of any age is to be seduced by, seduced by the idea that, oh, I have to have people like me. And it's it's one of the things of uh, being a democratically elected leader is you have to get the support of the people. So once you're elected, you still have to have the support of the people, even if your policies don't necessitate actually talking to a lot of them. And Lisa at this point is like, oh, well, I have to be among the people. Otherwise, they'll you know kick me out of office kind of thing. 
which is an adult thing for anyone to believe, but it can absolutely happen to anyone of any age. Yes. And I am in the, in the music's very good and the song's good. And I, I think it, again, they are, it does, this episode gets a lot done. It communicates a lot of change, a lot of character change in Lisa over the course of an episode. It kind of basically crams the entire plot of Vita into 20 minutes. It's very impressive. It, it really is. Uh, so at this point, uh, Lisa shows up in her next uh, her next school day, and she, like I said, she's got the a whole bunch of ideas. However, uh, oh, instead she has to be scheduled for photo ops, and and you know the the fluff of being a politician rather than the actual policy making that's taken care of behind the scenes by other people. Don't don't look behind the curtain where the actual policy is made. Uh, so yes, Lisa is very persistent about that, uh, but Skinner seduces her with a key to the study hall. Well. I have some ideas for ways we can improve the classroom experience. We need to get teachers more involved. Have them meet with struggling kids in the morning before school. Fine, I'll come in early to meet with students. And I'll have hypnotherapy when... Or we could hand out teachers' home phone numbers so kids can call them whenever they have questions. I've got a question. You're crazy. Look, in the Swedish public schools, the students grade the teachers on their performance. Outstanding notions, each more implementable than the last. It's a shame you can't stay to discuss them. Here's your schedule for the day. Photo op helping kindergartners take off snow boots? Move the brush fire hazard needle? Um, shouldn't I stay here and work on school policy? Lisa, you were elected to be seen and enjoyed. Don't hide your light in a smoky back room making dusty old decisions. <laughs> well, I am proud of my light. But just in case you want to do any more thinking, I'm proud to present you with an official key to the study hall. <gasps> Use it any time you like. You mean I can come to the school after hours, weekends, even during the summer? Yes, it's like your Harry Potter without the magic and wonder. Just sign these authorization forms and you can be on your way. <laughs> that little girl should learn to read things before she signs them. Excuse me, I was wondering if I should read what I just signed. No, oh, it's just standard key release boilerplate. Okay. Boy, she'll believe anything. Key release boilerplate? I find that very hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And yet, there it is. I'll just lock this door. Boy, this key opens everything. <sighs> so, as we said, this episode is a long-form parody, and a lot of the humor in it comes from the absurdity of applying, you know, uh, Ava Perone's life, uh, musical Evita, to The Simpsons. But this bit about Lisa continually coming back in always, always makes me laugh, because it's just, it's so absurd, and it's very in line with The Simpsons' form of humor from any episode, not just the long-form parodies, especially the, wow, this key opens everything at the end. I just... It's so great, and I, I think it might be my favorite joke of the entire episode, just because it's one of those repetition ones that doesn't stay too long, and it's, it's not one of the ones that goes long enough that has to be funny again kind of thing. No, it's, it's, it is a craft, a very well-crafted Simpsons-style joke. And it, like I've mentioned this many times, and this is a good example of those, those, of those Simpsons jokes that are, okay, here's a joke. And then here's a subversion on that joke, another subversion on that joke, and then back to the original premise of the joke – and that is what this 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 very simple gag does, where Skinner gets Lisa to sign over these authorization forms, chews her out, she comes back in, she comes back in, she comes back in, all the while demonstrating character, humor, it 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 checks all the boxes. And at the and my and honestly, a great thing about I don't know about my favorite thing about the joke, but it's reinforcing 
that Lisa actually isn't that dumb, but also showing how institutions of power can co-opt your agency. And Skinner, like, still doesn't want, uh, he, he doesn't, effectively doesn't matter who is elected student student council president. He can... Right, because it's a figurehead position. Yeah, he, he can do whatever he wants anyway. And it's like, again, it's reinforcing that Skinner, Lisa is not the villain here. Skinner is the villain. Chalmers is the villain. Uh, so uh, at dinner the next night, Lisa is going on and on about the benefits of her position, including her not having to take the hearing test, which is a weird benefit for a student body president. But sure. Uh, although we, we also get a gag about her needing it because she doesn't hear her Marge say something in the next. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Lisa, Bart realizes what's going on because Bart is a. And, and we've made allusions to this before that Bart is a savvy political operator. The, like the one job I can see Bart having in the future is some kind of muckraker or somebody, somebody involved in backroom dealings because Bart is very wise to what exactly Krabappel and Skinner are doing. And he basically makes it very obvious to Lisa that she is being manipulated, that Skinner is behind it and that Skinner must have some type of awful plan. And in fact, he does. I'm so happy with my evil plan. Say goodbye to music and art. Soon we will have the perfect school where fun and excitement never start. I'm so drunk I can barely see, but it helps me get through another day. My stomach is filled with targets I've had. I've got to go puking some hay. Lisa is a fool. I think the rules are cool. Falling in the pool. Mm, a cloud in the sky. So obviously, I'm pretty sure that "I Am Their Queen" is the best song involved, but this is the one that just sticks in my head, and it's got like a '50s, almost Grease-esque uh, tone to it that I just really enjoy. All of Willie's parts make no sense to actually be in the song, but they are so funny and catchy that they are the parts I remember about this song above all others. Actually, that I'm so drunk, I can barely see. That's just, that's a good line that I have, you know, used multiple times on other people. Uh, I, I'm going to say, Matt, I don't think that's ever happened to you in your entire life. That has not happened to me, but there are several times I, that has happened to other people, and I have sung other, in my head watching Other people, you say? Yes, other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's, what a bottle of mimosas for, except for getting so drunk you can barely see. I won't. I'm not going <laughs> to. Anyway, uh, so, yes, uh, the end of the clip uh, and it starts uh, the end of the clip is when the kids arrive at school the next day for Operation Slam. So long arts, athletics and music. The uh, form, it turns out that Skinner has gotten Lisa to sign, gets rid of all of those things. And of course, Lisa is used to scapegoat because she signed off on it without reading it again. Uh, this if there's one thing you can learn from this is always uh, read what you sign. Uh, as we can see, Lisa did not even you know after Skinner tried to push her away, she should have kept going. But whatever. Uh, so yes, Lisa uses the scapegoat. They got rid of everything else. Uh, all athletics are done. Poor Millhouse was he was there. He was just about to get up to the top of the rope when they just cut it away. Uh, and of course, the person doing the repoing really enjoyed that particular part. So, yes, uh, this is where we end the act. The school has cut all extracurriculars and some labor action is about to go down. You don't know that yet, Matt. I don't know that yet, but it seems pretty obvious. So, yeah, all the extracurriculars have been canceled. Lisa's been used as a scapegoat. We come back 14 minutes and 30 sec 36 seconds in. 
we come back. Students are disappointed by Lisa. They think they blame her, like, even though Skinner is largely responsible, but they blame her. She's their she is their their leader. She should be the one who's, you know, trying to fight for them, right? Right. So Lisa does just that. She takes uh she she gets the mic for the school uh loudspeaker for the school speakers and calls as Matt just said, for action. They made me pretty and popular just so they could exploit me and ruin my good name. Lisa, you've got to stand up to these guys. And when you do, people will remember you. Just look at these postage stamps. There's Bugs Bunny, Fat Elvis, Autumn in New England, Bats of the Southwest, all heroes. You want to see Elvis kiss a bat? Hey, baby, come here. I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. No, don't kiss me. <laughs> You tricked me into betraying my fellow students. Lisa, student government is meaningless. Look at your constitution. It's written on the back of a placemat. And not a good placemat. It's from some place called Doodles. I see. Principal Skinner, may I make an announcement to the school? I can't see the harm. I hereby resign as your president. And for my last act, I call a general student strike effective immediately. Give me that. Any student caught striking will be severely disciplined, unless all of you do it. Then I'm stymied. Strike! 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 Lisa, please, help me lure them back. I had to do what I did. Our budget is stretched tighter than Mother's sauna pants. Seymour, quit using me in analogies. Yes, Mother. Principal Skinner, I will not call off this strike until you bring back music and art. What about Jim? Meh. <laughs> okay, a couple things about this clip. One, I really enjoy Lisa's Jim. Like, you come out, eh. Wish no, Lisa. Physical fitness is important, and it should be taught to young children. I wish that had been more explained to me when I was in school. It wouldn't have taken me, you know, past college to find the importance of that. Also, I really, really think that Skinner's uh, uh, basically explanation of why collective action is so important is one of the great parts of this episode. It's because he's basically pointing out, no, this is why if you do something like this, everyone has to pop in because if a whole bunch of people do it, they cannot be ignored, and that's just one of the things that I think a lot of people don't get about collective labor action and right here in the Simpsons, boom, that's, that's all you need to know when more people do it. That's just, it, it gets response. And I, I really enjoyed that. It's almost like this episode is written well, and they spent time on it and it's not a bunch, it like it's that. not full of filler. It's actually like full of information and dialogue and character and stuff. Uh, I also, I will say that I, I like Homer's dumb stamp joke. I enjoyed that. It's a very... Oh, yeah. I forgot that for a second. Stan... Oh, yes. Uh, who... Was it Muhammad Fat... Ali kissing No, Fat something? Elvis. Fat... Matt, come Fat on. Albert. Fat Elvis. How Sorry, I'm thinking dare... Jitter Tatum. How dare you besperse the name of Fat Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> don't make me laugh so hard. It hurts. Oh, hey. He's, you know, he's... Don't kiss bats, though. That's... Hey, guys... Uh, no, that's, Stay that's, that's away from bats. Yeah, turns, bats turn, are wonderful creatures. You should not touch them ever. <laughs> yeah, stay away from bats. As a as a Austin resident now, yes, bats are very important and very good for you, very good for the environment. But we should not, you know, try and get too close to them. Um, so the kids all strike. They all flood out of the school and are basically just take up encampment. On the front lawn of the school, Homer and Marge show up. Uh, they're upset at first because they, they, you know, they're a little 
I don't know. I I found this moment a little bit forced, um, but it doesn't last very long because Marge is quickly when uh, when she says, well, "Why couldn't you just hang up crepe paper?" And Lisa's like, "They took the crepe paper." And then Marge and then then Marge and Homer are on their side, so that's fine. Like yes, it's those crumbums, those crumbums. Uh, and Which, then okay, in that I just I, I sorry I want to point out how great that line is because one Marge is like couldn't you just put up some crepe paper which shows Marge as oh couldn't you make the tiniest little change wouldn't that be enough no Marge that wouldn't be enough but secondly the point where it's just like oh they took the crepe paper oh no no that's what that's what drives Marge over the edge not the you can't even make the tiniest little change and that's just that's great. And that's why most people who will try and do terrible things to you will allow you to make small changes, but not large, meaningful changes, because that would pacify people like Marge. In this case, Skinner erred by taking the great paper. It's the small things that cause the biggest movements. Yeah. Right. That's true. Right. It's so the, the, the tiny little changes. Then we get uh, we get the uh, the police show up. We get we get, we've had a lot of Springfield police in recent episodes. And it's because someone has decided that, hey, the Springfield police are an easy way to get a quick, good laugh out of things when they act weird or funny or just ways you wouldn't expect police to act. And in, they're right. Like they, they're a great way to just pop in for a quick gag that just works really well. And so we get Wiggum, Eddie Lou show up. Uh, they are about to bust up the strike with little their little tiny uh, nightsticks for kids, kid sized nightsticks. But then Lisa talks Wiggum into joining the strike. He says, what about the mayor? Do you, do you never get it, feel like you're appreciated by the mayor? Do you never have, feel like you should be getting more than you receive? And Wiggum's like, yeah, it's true. And they join the strike. And we get a kind of a, a quick montage, a little passage of time montage of a newscast from Kent Brockman kind of covering a, a bunch of stuff happening in a quick succession. The Springfield student strike has entered its fourth day with no end in sight. Today, professional Batinsky Michael Moore arrived on the scene. Kids who don't get to take music and art are 10% more likely to become chronically unemployed and appear in one of my movies. Where'd you get that statistic? Your mother. The student strikers have been joined by other unions, including the Springfield Goat Milkers, the Association of Newsroom Cue Card Holders, ow, and the United Federation of Theme Park Zombies. Zombie eat brains, but zombie cannot swallow this injustice. The heart of the strike is former student body president Lisa Simpson. Her brother had this to say. Lisa is a nut. She has a rubber butt. Every time she turns around, it goes putt-putt. Indeed, but that rubber butt doesn't have much time for turning around these days. It's pointed squarely in the face of the administration. That is a wonderful turn of phrase there at the end, just taking the stupidest thing and working it back. You know, that is a professional newscaster uh, jibe right there. Kent Brockman doesn't need that cue card. He can he's he can do this all by himself. Maybe That's right. maybe today at least. Um, today at least, yeah. I do like the idea that I do like the fact that the theme park zombies are unionized. I think that's very funny. Hey, more theme park employees should be unionized. We're not opening up that can of worms, Matt. Uh, that's beyond our scope, at least mm -hmm. for this, this, In this episode. episode anyway. This episode, yeah. So the strike has grown. It's it's become a problem for Chalmers and Skinner, and they need to get rid of Lisa. They they, they Chalmers says, "Cut the head off a snake; the snake dies." They need to get rid of Lisa. How do we do that? And they do it by sending Lisa to 
a magnet school. Lisa Simpson, you have just been transferred to the Springfield Magnet School for the gifted and troublesome. Please climb into the idling bus. But, but I... yahoo.com underscore backslash no backslashes in email addresses no i think that's they included that so people wouldn't actually send out emails man that's actually a really good thought i hadn't thought of that that's probably i mean i imagine they just went oh what's an impossible email address let's just do that that still sounds like an email address so they get rid of lisa uh and then we get the don't cry for for don't cry for lisa uh song there and then we get structurally at least the weakest part of this episode uh where because lisa is now transferred to this magnet school she shows up it's big it's beautiful it's on the hill and there's a smart kid speaking french to her as soon as she gets there and then homer shows up and we get the ending for what it's worth bonjour lisa regardez notre bibliothèque oh this place is paradise well i guess this story has a happy ending after all just like my last massage. I'm not driving 45 minutes a day. You can't go to that school. But this is my dream. Oh, why can't you have a normal dream, like being an Olympic figure skater? Okay, let me take figure skating. Are you crazy? I'm not getting up at 6.30 every morning so you can prance around a frozen pond and think you're better than me. Well, what can I be? I don't know. How about a horse whisperer? Okay. Over my dead body. And then we get... Endings are hard, Robin. <laughs> I guess so, because then we get a text crawl over... Not even a crawl, a text, just a text over still image of the school saying the school uh, found the money to reinstate extracurriculars by selling cigarettes, I think? Loose I think. cigarettes and something else. And then cutting, they cut something else and, and then sold loose cigarettes or something. But, I mean, that's the, that's the ending of this episode is Lisa going to this magnet school and then just Homer showing up and saying, no, I don't want to drive that far. Um, even though she was just in a on a bus. So, I don't... Yeah, I guess Homer followed her there the 45 minutes. Yeah. Here's the... The problem is, I, I think this is the the, the... 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 It's a really odd ending because the, the end of Evita... Eva Perone dies. <laughs> she dies of cancer. Very tragically. So obviously, we could not have that happen to Lisa. <laughs> no, she dies tragically young, and she is, her body, is, you know, there's a, gig- a incredible turnout of mourners and stuff for a funeral and for ceremonies and all that stuff. And that's the ending of the movie is of like a bunch of people all mourning her death and, and, and kind of ruminating over the change she enacted in her short time on Earth. Yeah, sure how do you do that in the simpsons where Le- where lisa is clearly not gonna die and we can't do like do we do and she can't stay at the magnet school like we're not gonna keep that going she's gonna obviously still go to springfield elementary and i think honestly i would just have it depart from evita at this point and just have lisa wrap it up real quickly like lisa maybe you have her go to the mag like have the thing where she's gonna go to the magnet school and then you subvert it and then boom 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 the episode ends 
I don't know. It's, I don't, honestly, it's, it is the weakest thing, at least structurally. Uh, it kind of feels, it feels very abrupt. It's suddenly very like, oh, this episode's over now. I don't want to fault the episode too much because it frankly does so much in the time it has. It does a lot in 20 minutes. Um, it gets a yeah, lot. Yeah, they probably didn't have a whole lot of time for the ending, and this is the quickest way to end it. So. Well, I mean, that's the... It, it is, you know, it's ending on a joke with 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 Homer and Lisa that keeps her in Springfield Elementary, and it wraps up the it wraps up the plot. That's my actual complaint. It's not that oh, Lisa can't go to the magnet school, so we have Homer show up to tell her I'm not driving forty five minutes every day. You're crazy. Like that's that's fine. It's the text thing that you're suddenly like, oh, okay, we didn't have time for an ending, so we're just going to flash text for 30 seconds about, not even 30 seconds, 10 seconds, about, oh, they sold loose cigarettes. Instead of having a scene where we have Lisa and Chalmers and Skinner resolve all this, uh, which is against the, you know, Evita parody. You know, what do you do? Do you, when you're like, we're making a parody of Evita and we're largely keeping pretty tight to it. Uh, with at least with the arc of Lisa as mirroring that of Eva Perone, what do we do? We need an ending. We can't have it in the way it does in the movie. Do we depart from the parody at this point? Do we? Can we think of a clever way that echoes the par- the actual thing, but also reflects the Simpsons? And like that's the the actual elegant solution is like come up with a third thing that isn't either of these answers and do that. It, but that is really hard. It takes a lot of work and. I can't imagine like trying to fit that into like 30 seconds is probably really hard. So I understand it. I am still going to point it out and say it's a little funky and probably honestly what keeps this episode from being truly great. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, I mean, I could see this going in our top 100 for sure. I mean, it's still may, but like off the top of my head, if this ending had been more solid, it would be one of the better Simpsons episodes, honestly. Yeah, it, it's it's it does every it does a lot of things really, really, really well. And it, uh, you know, it's 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 strong thematically. It strong structurally, aside from the ending, it has a lot of good jokes, and it's very dense. It doesn't waste time. It's not. There's no filler. There's no chaos. There's no mayhem. There's no wacky third act action sequences for no reason. All the characters do things for reasons. Like I hesitate to like applaud any fiction for having characters that just act like people but that's where we're at we're like last week because i don't know why anyone did anything in that last week's episode they just did stuff and then this episode no there's reasons that all the characters do all the things they do um but the ending is a little is a weak spot um we'll rank it at the end of the show amen yes robbie you have to ask is this me- episode broken no, this episode's not broken. It's good. This is a good episode. This episode's good. This is a good Weird. episode. We're not broken at all. It's good. We don't have to. No pondering. No pondering if it's broken or not. Uh, we can't move on, though. Watch to... this episode. You've probably never seen it because it's in season, what are we, 14, 15 now? Fif- I can't remember. Fif- season 15, <laughs> man. We're in season, this is episode three of season 15. Uh, we Yeah, we can, uh, you should watch it if you haven't seen this one. Yeah, but I mean, if you haven't gotten, if you've gotten this far and you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, we move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments News Group is where I come through the nohomers.net forum, popular forum that's still up today, Simpsons fan forum, and look at people who thought of the episode when it came out, what they, uh, how they reviewed it, how well it did. Uh, well regarded, Matt. This episode's well regarded at the time. 
at least that's something they they like terrible episodes but i guess they like good episodes too it's very i mean i think it's it's uh, i think i i think it has proven a corollary from other episodes that from so far in that the 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 reviews people leave are do not reflect necessarily the actual readings because it feels like the, there's always a lot of negative reviews verbally like in the not verbally textually but the ratings are very positive like in this in this case we have 43% giving a 5 uh 23% giving a 4 18% giving a 3 and only less than 15% giving it a, a 2 or 1 out of 5 most people most people either enjoyed it moderately or loved it so that tells you most people really like this episode however the reviews that are written down that typed out are mixed some people really like it but most you know the negatives outweigh it and i have a feeling like if you really didn't like something you're more likely to leave a review in this instance than if you loved it um at least that's the way it's, it's turning out on this on this news group I've got some reviews man i've got some extra reviews just uh just to fill out fill out i i found uh, i found some a good range so i thought i'd include in an extra first up okay. wow this episode was incredible my opinion, it bests Simpsons, Califragilisticexpialidocious, Annoyed Grunches, which um, I, don't know. I don't know how about that. I don't know about all that. Uh, about that all. Uh, yeah. Every song worked beautifully, and the humor was spot on. The best wit was the song when they were making Lisa look pretty. I still loved Homer at most parts, and the part where they gave her the key. Wow, this key opens everything. Score five out of five, ten out of ten, a plus. Uh, next up, they're singing. Just that's just that's what I said when I saw the first eight minutes of this episode. Just for that, I was going to give it a one out of five. But then the show got better. Songs had great jokes. We did them like a quilt. I was truly surprised. Plus, I don't remember an episode like this where they sang nearly an entire ep this good. Please, Simpsons, but don't ever do it again. Four out of five. Why? Are you okay? Never do it again. Are you okay? Like, why? If they like, if you like it, why would you not want more of it? That I okay. Uh, Okay, (sighs) breathe, breathe in. Breathe out. Uh, next up, a completely and totally meh episode. Homer's a bit on the annoying, jerkacious side, but was rarely in the episode, so he didn't hurt it too much. Not too many laughs, though not many groan moments either. Had no problems with the songs, so I don't think they're as memorable or as funny as we do, or an amendment to be, to name a couple. Three out of five. I mean, like, amendment to be is just like a thin parody of Schoolhouse Rocks. It's not. Right. I don't consider that. I don't consider amendment. I love We Do. We Do's great. Amendment to be. Eh. I'll take all the songs in this over we amendment to be. Oh, for sure. Um, lastly, a parody of Evita is something I don't want to see. The episode had good parts, but as a whole, it is not high on my list. Two out of five. At least they're clear about what they didn't like about it. That's true. They just don't want a, a parody of Evita, apparently. That's fine. That's okay. Um, that's it. For that, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Homer quote? Guess what, Matt? Lots of answers for this one. It's like he says a lot of stuff. It's like everyone can quote Homer easily uh, off the top of their head. Uh, First, some Alex. You know, when I was a boy, I really wanted a catcher smit, but my dad wouldn't get it for me. So I held my breath until I passed out and banged my head on the coffee table. The doctor thought I might have brain damage. Dad, what's the point of this story? I like stories. <laughs> uh, from Aaron, 
I could never live the button-down life like you. I want it all. The terrifying lows, the dizzying highs, the creamy middles. Sure, I might offend some of the blue noses with my cocky stride and musky odors. Oh, I'll never be the darling of the so-called city fathers who cluck their tongues, stroke their beards, and talk about what's to be done with this Homer Simpson. Homer's eloquent turn there. Um, from Brandon. Well, at least that's what I thought. I have a history of missing the point of stuff like this. From a streetcar named March. Uh, just encapsulates Homer at his best. A guy who's doing the best he can with his limitations. Fair. Uh, from Andy. Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. Again, we don't have the time. We can't. Not. Uh, from David. From Homer the Heretic. Kids, let me tell you about another so-called wicked guy. He had long hair and some wild ideas. He didn't do, always do what people think is right. And that man's name was... I forget. But the point is... I forget that too. Marge, you know what I'm talking about. He used to drive that blue car. Very good. Uh, from Holly. Kids, you tried your best. And you failed miserably. The lesson is... Never try. Something I believe... Some, something I somewhat believed in my 20s. No longer though. <laughs> Amen. Uh, from Lauren, uh, there are so many fantastic quotes from Homer. I have a tie between two alcohol, the cause of, and solution to all of life's problems. And you have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. First one is too accurate. The second one is just so dumb it's funny. It is literally that is my my little status on Skype. Whenever I talk to Matt, it's 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 still you have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Uh, from Naked Orbit at Orbit Naked. Does whiskey count as beer? From David at Man from tw Man from N20. If he's so smart, how come he's dead? Tied with, what's the point in going out? We're just going to wind up back here anyway. <laughs> I would I would agree with you most point, most times, Homer, but not anymore. Uh, from, Especially now, we have, we have learned that no, 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 going out is very important. I love going out. Zach at Zach Babbins. Five words. In your face, space coyote. Fair enough. Very beautiful. From Jenny at Hippie200. So hard to choose just one, but him opening door to King Codis and going, yeah, oh, great, Mormons is legendary. I want to say that every time I open the door to someone uh, from Gene O'Man at Eugene R. McGrath. Batman's a scientist. <laughs> it's great. Not Batman. Hey, remember, hey, guys, Simpsons is really good. Everyone should always remember that, all right? Simpsons is great. It's fantastic. Ryan at EID9. Uh, well, of course, everything looks bad if you remember it. Now, where are my chili boots? Uh, from Vicky at Vivola13, SMRT, SMRT. I'm about to play the clip again, but you, you guys, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Buffalo Phil at Buffalo Phil. Maybe it's the beer talking Marsh, but you got a butt that won't quit. They got those big chewy pretzels here. $5, get out of here. The delivery of get out of here. I just can't. It's yeah. perfect. Um, from Sean at Real Sean Smith. Sweet, merciful crap always works uh ct hall at c c h t h h but every time i learn something new it pushes out something old remember that time i took a home winemaking course and forgot how to drive that's because you were drunk <laughs> and how uh from allison at amethyst 1258 give me some inner peace or i'll mop the floor with you uh Arman armando at arm r 86 i call the big one bitey uh from bonbon bonbons bonbon bonbons Two. Uh, Mom, you're in the way. Push her down, son. Uh, Spike, at your apocalypse. So many, but the one I keep coming back to in everyday life is, as the Bible says, screw that. Uh, from Nick. I don't remember that one. That's a great one. I like that. I believe, isn't that? Uh, I, 
Hmm. I th- I want to say what episode it is, but then I forget it. Uh, Nick at Big Shadow eleven thirty eight. I have three kids and no money. Why can't I have no kids and three money? Uh, from James at James underscore Warwick. I've got a problem. As soon as you stop this car, I'm gonna hug you and kiss you, and then I'll never be able to let you go. Oh, that's a sweet one. And finally, from Zach, please have mercy. Remember your hippopotamus oath. <laughs> Matt, what's your answer? So I have a couple. Uh, my oh, first one. Okay, a I know I'm the worst. The first one was just so schmaltzy. I wanted to add something funny, uh, but it's 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 Homer's note to Lisa and Home R. Uh, at the end, he says, "Lisa, I'm taking the coward's way out. But before I do, I just want you to know, being smart made me appreciate how appreciate how amazing you really are. Just because it, I don't even know if that qualifies as a Homer quote, just because of it's Lisa reading it, but it, it's Homer wrote it, and I just I feel like that is a very Homer thing to do and say. Uh, but the funny one is, oh, let me give you a piggy bear right? Oh, I mean a veggie back ride <laughs> that gets me all the time. I, I don't give piggy back rides anymore, just veggie back rides." How many veggie back rides do you give, Matt? You're not around. I mean, I have You're nieces and nephews, so. When? Where? Who? How? I have five of them living in Ocala. Oh. I thought, okay, I'm not going to ask. We don't need to discuss this on there about the, your various sure. family members. Um, My answer is, I really thought about this. And I was looking at my, what are my favorite Homer episodes? And I would, you know, Homer's enemy doesn't really count. And Homer doesn't really have any good lines in that. Those are all Frank Grimes has all the best lines in Homer's Enemy. Um, but he goes down. I don't know. He says, I don't know. Don't ask me how the economy works. That is pretty good. But it's not. It does not make my top, you know, even 100 Homer quotes. But I I, I, I go down to Homer, Vistoria's Voyage of Homer, and I got to pick something funny. And in your face, Space Coyote. Like, I, oh, yeah. I 100% agree. In your face, Space Coyote. It's short. It's sweet. It's hilarious. And frankly, it kind of does really well. It does a good thing to represent Homer uh, in that, like, it is him overcoming, like, some weird, like, metaphysical journey to, like, we just realize, no, Mar, I do love Marge. She's my wife. She's great. <laughs> in your face, space coyote. I'm in charge of my life. It's, you know, it's Homer reclaiming his agency, which I like, even though he is yelling at a fake, a, a coyote voice by Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. You remember Mysterious Voyage of Homer, Matt? That's a great episode. It was it was a great episode. That episode's great. I love Mysterious Voyager Homer. I'm gonna go watch it again just to refresh my memory. Uh, next week's question is: What's your favorite Lisa quote? Hits just keep on coming. Yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. So good luck. Uh, I'll post this question on all our social media on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod uh, on our Patreon. Uh, you do not have to support us to answer the question, and you can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail dot com with your answer, and I will include it if I remember. If I can find it, etc. I'm sorry. I've, I've, there. I am not a perfect person. Matt can co- corroborate that. I can neither confirm nor deny. Fair enough. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Go Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Go Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions: one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a one point lead on Matt so far this season. I believe in you, Robbie. You can I do this. Don't, Matt, when you say it, it means nothing, okay? If you really believe okay. in me, you would lay down in the center of the ring and let me cover <laughs> you. One, two, three. All right? I'll take it. Uh huh. I'm uh-huh. not above it. All right. Your easy question, Matt. Are you ready? Ready. In Homer and a Pooh, 
Apu is replaced by who at the Quickie Mart? I believe it'd be James Woods. That is correct. Let's... All right, your easy question. Mm -hmm. In Days of Wine and Dozies, what does Barney learn to fly? A helicopter? You are correct. <laughs> I, days, I'm like, what is that episode? I'm like, Dave, I'm like, oh, it's Barney. Right. All right, you're meeting me question, Matt. Where does Apu go shopping with Marge? I believe it'd be the Megalomart. Um, sorry, Matt. Oh, no. Is... Megalomart no, King of the Hill is, is the King of the Hill store. The store in The it's Simpsons. Megamart, isn't it? It is not. Also, you're still incorrect. Second. Oh. Swing and a miss. Uh, the, the, it is Monstro Mart. Monstro Mart, yes. Which I don't know. Shopping is a baffling ordeal. You remember that, but you don't remember I Monstro? I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good, all it's, right, all it's right. a good, that's a good fake slogan, I, I will say. It that is. is, it's funny. Really? Okay. So, <clears throat> your medium question. What is the prize for the photo contest that Bart and Lisa are trying to win? Oh, God. Um... <sighs> <laughs> I don't, uh, um, I'm like I you're you say that I'm like is that in that episode? I'm like okay. Um, I'm trying to take the picture. I don't remember that. I got nothing. Zero. Okay. Zero it, it, new bites. New bites. Who? Who's? Who's the host? Who's hosting that competition? Who's giving away bikes? Is that uh, my heart? It's the phone book. They're trying to take the picture for the new cover of the phone book. Oh, God. That's. Oh, that's right. Oh, my. I I was. OK. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's a, I was good to give up because I would have never. All right. Your hard question, <laughs> Matt. What's the original expiration date of the ham that makes Homer sick? Oh, Lord. Um, There's only 365 days in a year, Matt. Well, unfortunately, so there's, there's also on it. That, there that's, is, that's good to know. There's also a year on there. So. Uh, that opens it up a little bit. I mean, you know when that episode came out, roughly. That's true. I suppose I do. So it probably would have been the year before because it wouldn't make it too bad. I'm going to say it was uh, April 10th, 1993. Sorry. I that You're not. <laughs> I didn't think so. Not, you're not, <laughs> not close. Uh, February 6th, 1989. Oh, dear God. That's very old ham. It really is. Very old ham. Those stomach parasites that Homer gets. I wonder why. What's my hard question, Matt? Your hard question. What is Barney's coffee drink of choice? Oh, God. Uh, well, I can make up a fake coffee drink, and I hopefully maybe I'll, I'll be very lucky. Um, favorite coffee drink. I assume it's not some easy answer like espresso, so I'm going to say... Mocha Did you just say espresso? Espresso. I okay. I am trying to enunciate as well as I can. Okay. I, I am challenged, Matt, in that I'm an idiot. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, espresso. Give me some espresso in that carpaccino, please. Um, I don't know why he's Southern accent. There's plenty of people who don't know how to pronounce it. Espresso. <laughs> um, mocha soy latte with cinnamon. Oh, I'm sorry. It, 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 you're close, though. It's a double tall mocha latte. I don't know what double tall means. I guess it means it, was this before? I mean, they had venti, so double tall would be 32 ounces. Was this before the Trenta size, I guess? I don't know. I don't go to Starbucks, Matt, so I can't answer that question. I don't do coffee at all, so I can't. I mean, I drink black coffee because it's cheap, like the budgie. True. Matt, we are 
tie today. One to one. I still have one point lead, which is fine by me, but I would like to open that up a little bit. So could you please make my questions easier? Nope. Sorry. Denied. I would. But okay. Can I ask again? And will the answer be different? No. Okay. Uh, we'll get more trivia next week. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where men and I rank the episodes categorically as watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. It's a good episode. It was a good episode. The question is how good? Um, well, you just mentioned Days of Wines and Doses. I think it's better than that, which is at number sure. 116. Um, okay. But above that, I th- we're, you know, that's tough. It's tough competition up there. Um. It is. So we're looking at post-Golden Years. Uh, the next one above Days of Wine and Dozies uh, is The Mansion Family at 98. And I know for some reason you have quite the soft spot for that episode. Well, uh, it's... So I have to ask. It's very funny, and Bret Hart is in it. <laughs> Bret Hart says three words. The best that... Matt, let me tell you some things about Bret Hart. Bret, the hitman Hart, all right? Uh-huh. He's the best there is. He's the best there was. He's the best there ever will be. Wow. Okay. Excellence no. of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart. I believe it. Okay. Uh, that's not why I like the Mansion Family. I think the Mansion Family is just hilarious, and one of the one of the few episodes that for, that are the Scully years that are like totally cha- chaotic, but still very funny to me. Um, that's true. But I, and I frankly, it's that high because I think it's very funny, and I think you also agree that it's very funny. Um, I, is this better episode better than the Mansion Family? I don't know. I think that's a good area for it, though. I think that in that area, I think it's very good. Um, we got Springfield Connection below that. I think also has flaws. I think Boy Scouts in the Hood also. Like, all these episodes are very good, flawed, not not great. You know, they don't they don't transcend right. into the great area. Um, I would say it's better than the Mansion Family. Um, is it better than A Streetcar Named Marge, though? Another musical episode? A Marge episode? Tough. Tough, tough. I don't think it's better than A Streetcar Named Marge. I think it's better than The Mansion Family. I think it's not as good as A Streetcar Named Marge. I mean, like I said, my for me, it would be, is it better than Boy Scouts in the Hood? I'll leave your Mansion Family obsession to the side and say, is it better? Than, is not better than A Streetcar Named Marge? Absolutely not. Uh, because that, that is just one of the best <laughs> Marge episodes that I can think of off the top of my head. And it's just yeah, Streetcar Named Marge. Of- a streetcar named Marge. Here, I'm going to say I think a streetcar named Marge is great. How about that? I think a streetcar named Marge. I think so. So, are, are we saying that the top 100 of our list can be considered great? No, everything streetcar. The top 97 of our list is great. <laughs> okay, it's not a, so we need a few more great episodes to just sneak in there so we can classify. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't want to necessarily say that. Okay, I'm not going to put a blanket statement, but I do think I think a streetcar named Marge is great. And then Bart Gets an Elephant is great. Like, yeah, there's a lot of these episodes. I don't know. Bart Star is Bart Star great? I don't think Bart Star is great. <laughs> okay, so maybe there are a few non... It's a good episode. I wouldn't call it a great episode. I mean, today. Here, Matt. Today? Today. Okay. We'll say A Streetcar Named Marge is great. Slab, then you're right below that is uh, the, the President Who Wore Pearls. The President Who Wore Pearls is at 90... A new number, 98, on our list. It is a, a top 100 episode. That is undoubtable, though. Bart Star's pretty good. I don't know. I don't want to doubt myself. We ranked it that high for a reason. That's true. 
I think also I here's my presupposition about Bart Starr is that we are it we it just started season nine and we had a run of bad a couple run of, run of a few bad episodes and we didn't really understand possible we didn't really understand how bad it would get though you know we 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 uh we we didn't understand we weren't in the depths of the Scully years yet even in this well, I mean season fifteen we already got a, a really good episode so I'm I can't complain too much the question Matt is this canon. I think this is this is canon. This works. I yeah. mean, this is something that that happened. Absolutely, it is absolutely fact. Lisa did become student council president and then uh, resign during a scandal and then call the school to a strike. It absolutely happened. One hundred percent truth. The other question is: We're going up back to the top of our list. Kate Fear number two is Kate Fear canon, Matt. Obviously, I mean that's that's one of the best episodes of all time. I want sideshow bob to be in there to be like oh this is something that sideshow bob absolutely did this is how bart reacted this is how bart saved the day essentially i mean everything in that episode 100 absolutely happened all right they had a houseboat they were the thompsons for a while uh sideshow bob got stepped on by several elephants in a row <laughs> and then a marching band of course oh god not the elephants yeah that's great. So that's canon. All, double canon today. I love it. It's great. Those pieces, This is a good day, man. I'm declaring it. Good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, you can find this listed on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. I need to update it. Uh, I'll try to do that. Um, uh, Omer's Enemy still number one on our list. Last place is still the strong arms of the Maw. Unsurprisingly. Unsurprisingly. Our next episode is the Regina Monologues. Regina monologues. I think it's Regina, right? I believe it's Regina. It makes yeah. more sense in terms of what it's supposed to rhyme with. Yes, exactly. Um, this is the London episode. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The last episode written by John Swartzwater. Mm-hmm. Going out on a high note. Sure, high note. <laughs> I don't remember. I think my brain. As a, in an act of self-preservation, has erased all my memories of this episode, aside from a single joke. Uh, I remember the beta versus VHS, and that's it. I don't. What, you could be making that up, Matt, because I don't recognize it. Um, we'll get to it. We will. That'll be next week. You can watch along with us if you are feel like punishing yourself. Uh, you enjoy pain, um, but we'll talk about it uh, before we go. You can find us on. Um, how do I do this normally, Matt? You can find us online uh, on <laughs> at thesimpsonshow.com. It has the links to our our best of list, our links to our Twitter, links to our RSS feed, links to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, pay for hosting. Really do appreciate everyone who does support us and get a bunch of bonus podcasts along with it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all of my things, including my other podcasts and my horror novels. There are four of them. My newest, The Split Circle, is about an exiled American in a small European town who must investigate a soccer death cult. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. However, uh, due to all the research that it has been going on involving RNA, I have decided the easiest way to get to message me is to just uh, arrange your message using RNA, uh, you know, uh, not tags, uh, bases, and then uh, just send it to me. I will inject it into myself, and then I will be able to internalize the message in my brain directly. 
So that is the best way to get messages to me. You got a CRISPR kit at home or something, Matt? Maybe. Everyone's got a CRISPR kit these days. Haven't you heard, Robbie? It's at, it's practically everywhere. I I did a lot. Of, I my the last manuscript I finished actually uh, had a lot of genet, ge- genetic modification in it. Ooh, so interesting. I did a lot of research on CRISPR and then realized I can't use any of it and threw it all away and made up stuff. So <laughs> I mean, I ba- I used the very basics to make it that makes sense at least. Um, so yeah, Matt's going to genetically modify himself for you guys. Just to let you know. Exactly. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. I, I will take your feedback directly into myself. It's probably not good. You probably kind of destroy your DNA when you do that. Matt. Eh, it happens. Okay cool uh well with that we can go goodbye forever <laughs> not forever i'm robbie and i'm matt and keep watching the simpsons Shh.